Welcome to Data Points, a podcast by InterSystems Learning Services. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Links can be found at datapoints.intersystems.com. I'm Derek Robinson, and on today's episode, I'll chat with Hegelo Souza, Patrick Jamison, and Evgeny Shvarov about the InterSystems Iris Fire Accelerator service and the upcoming developer contest around it. Welcome to the Data Points Podcast by InterSystems Learning Services. On today's episode, we'll be talking about one of the new and emerging areas of the InterSystems product stack, which is the InterSystems Iris Fire Accelerator service. You'll sometimes hear the experts refer to this as fire as a service during our conversation, and that really describes it well. This product provides fire application developers with a turnkey solution for using fire data in their healthcare applications without the overhead of building and supporting all of the fire infrastructure that would traditionally be required. For the first part of the episode today, I'll talk with Hedgelow and Patrick about the InterSystems Iris Fire Accelerator service, what it is, why it matters for developers, and what's coming throughout the preview and eventual release of this product. Then after that discussion, Evgeny will join us to talk about the developer community contest that he runs. The one coming up this month will focus around the Fire Accelerator service. So without further ado, let's hear from the experts. All right, and welcome to the podcast, Hedgelo and Patrick. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about the InterSystems Iris Fire Accelerator service. So uh, we'll start with you, Hedgelo. Um, first, kind of tell us a little bit about what the Iris Fire Accelerator service is and what the vision is for this product. Hi, Derek. Thank you for having us. Uh, well, what we see uh, in the market is that uh, the healthcare sector had improved a lot in the last 20 years, modernizing the health information systems. Yeah. But we still have a lot of silos inside and outside of the, the hospital or the health system itself. Yeah. Uh, what we would like to do is be more inclusive, remove the silos, and uh, provide a better way for our customers to divulgate the data, creating a better uh, healthcare response that um, we all would like to have. So basically what we want, and uh, that's our vision, is unleash the creative data so we can have a better innovations. Right. So kind of removing barriers to be able to, you know, dry, uh, unleash that innovation for those application developers that are making kind of the healthcare applications that change the world, really. Correct. So uh, I, in my previous life, I worked in the World Health Organization, and I know how important it is to have uh, right data in a timely fashion. And um, I always worry about the researchers, the care coordinators, the people that is not really in the front end, but also provide a big uh, part of the, the healthcare response that we need. Right, right. Nice, nice. Um, so, Patrick, tossing it to you a little bit here. So, tell us about, um, you know, as we move into an era and, and a lot of our audience that is up to date with healthcare tech would know that FHIR is becoming and has already become a very central part to healthcare application development. Um, tell us a little bit about why the Fire Accelerator Service, um, the InterSystems Iris Fire Accelerator Service, is so important moving into that era of healthcare tech. Yeah, uh, thanks, Eric. Yes, it's no doubt that Fire application development is going to dominate the next five to ten years. There's a big push uh, by not only HL7, which has developed the Fire standard, but 
even governments around the world, including obviously in the U.S. with the Office for the National Coordinator, they're all stipulating that fire is the standard that they want for health information exchange. Specifically, patients have now a new right to get access to their healthcare data through a fire-based API. And with that, I think it's going to unleash a lot of creative potential in the market to build new kinds of applications. But even more importantly, uh, for this specific product, developers in general are warming up to using more cloud-based infrastructure. We just have a situation where managing servers, provisioning them, deploying them, and monitoring them is just really not worth the time and effort by a typical development team. And that's what the accelerator service does is make this available, makes fire accessible and available to these people without having to manage all that infrastructure. Additionally, another important element in developing healthcare applications is protecting health information. It's very, very important. And it's also very tricky to do. And that's something that is a, a integral or baked into the fire accelerator service so that developers don't have to worry about that uh, security aspects and auditing aspects that are very hard to do on their own. Right, right. That makes sense. And I think um, for any listeners that listened to one of our recent episodes, we talked with Jeff Freed about the about intersystems becoming a cloud visionary and kind of like that the idea of, of adapting into the cloud. And it sounds like that's a big part of this product offering as well, which is removing those barriers and making it easy to be able to leverage deployments that, that developers and individual companies don't need to put forth so much overhead to get started, right? And be able to use the infrastructure that's there in the cloud. Exactly. Right. Yes, absolutely. So, so kind of looking at um, looking at the, the InterSystems Iris Fire Accelerator Service, um, what are some of the major use cases that you see as having the biggest impact with this service with some of those fire application developers that we talked about developing these healthcare applications? Yeah, there are a lot. And I want to just preface this by fire is still in a fairly early days. So we are just at the beginning or the cusp of what most people are describing as the next wave of digital healthcare applications. Right. But they're going to be exciting and I think they'll be quite innovative. So we're going to, for the first time, see where we use mobile device and patient data all uh, being able to be displayed not only to providers but to patients and other kinds of uh, uh, participants in the healthcare marketplace like med tech companies, pharma companies, et cetera. Also collecting this data for analytics is a very high priority by many, many different uh, participants in healthcare. Uh, one aspect of uh, new application development is the closer coordination between payers and providers. And as you know, we have uh, the uh, CMS HealthShare Solution Pack that's available just for this purpose that's all Firebase. And then a whole litany of Smart on Fire applications, mainly targeted to providers, 
that offer them new new applications they just simply cannot get from their EMR vendors. Right, right. Nice. And, and yeah, I, so you mentioned... Um you know, the related technologies in the CMS solution pack, which we have uh, some other learning content on that's in development. Um, as we as we look at kind of the the InterSystems Iris fire accelerator service up against these other technologies, um, what's really the difference between the fire accelerator service and, for instance, Iris for Health or, or, or the other, really the the larger umbrella of of the technology stack that we see at InterSystems specifically in the healthcare development area? Right. Well, they are both targeted at developers, so that they have in common. But there are differences between the two. The Iris Fire Accelerator Services really focused on uh, both fire interoperability and a fire repository. So a fire repository is a data store that stores fire resources. And this is an excellent uh, what I'd call on-ramp to doing health application development. But it's not the only thing that you really need if you want to look at more broadly some of the other tools that healthcare developers use or want. And that includes things like a multi-model database, which is part of Iris for Health. Uh, other interoperability standards, such as HL7v2, DICOM, CDA, and CCDA, these aren't really part of the accelerator service per se. And also, Iris for Health, as you know, has integrated ML and machine learning that is not part of just the limited space of uh, the fire accelerator's interoperability functions. The good news is both of these uh, development platforms, the lightweight fire accelerator service and the more broad heavyweight Iris for Health uh, work together. So you could start with one and you could broaden and they will seamlessly work together. Right, right. Nice. And yeah, I, I think viewing it as kind of an on-ramp is a good way to think of it when you talk about the all the different functionality that exists within Iris for Health and what really that road can lead you to when it comes to really developing a robust, you know, you know, healthcare app that makes a difference and for patients. Right. Um, right. So back to you, Hedgelow, a little bit, you know, returning to the, the Iris fire accelerator service and maybe the calls to action for users. I know that there's a preview that's kind of in the works here and the ability for developers to get their hands on this. Can you tell us a little bit about this preview period and kind of what people should know about that? So, as you know, we launched the preview on April 8th, and uh, what we want is having the full experience for anyone that is going to be using the, the preview as they were having the full um, the commercial uh, product. Uh, we are expecting, with a click of a button, uh, to have a, a, the entire environment a few minutes with uh, the functionalities of um, REST, IPI, OAuth, uh, uh, the Fire 4 that um, everybody uh, is mentioning here. Uh, and uh, the idea is having a very easy uh, way to play with data, importing bundles or uh, deleting bundles, uh, getting all the experience that you have to really uh, get ready for developing with that. Right. So you can get a definition of um, uh, scopes, you can go play with um, uh, backup and restart point in time, everything that uh, you, you would like to. 
but there are a few limitations. Uh, first, uh, we I would like to say that um, the, the end of the preview is going to be June 2nd, but uh, we are going to uh, limit the size of the, the server as well. Uh, doesn't make any sense having a huge server just for you to play. Right. Um, but also, uh, we are expecting that nobody is using real uh, patient data for that. So we are providing a few bundles of um, synthetic data. Uh, there are tons of um, uh, synthetic data that they are available in the world, so you can upload and use that. Uh, but um, we don't expect that uh, anybody is going to use uh, your own medical record to play with that. Right, right. Nice. So, yeah, so, so more for development and testing in the beginning and really to get a feel for the product and see its functionality. Um, during this preview period, kind of um, obviously, it's you know it sounds like part of the goal is to get this product to developers as early as possible, really, to be able to let them try it and get their hands on it. Um, what should users expect when it comes to you know product updates or additional releases and kind of what support is available to them during this time period when they might be playing with the accelerator service? Yeah, that's absolutely right. We want to have the product available for the developers as soon as possible so we can get the feedback. We want to uh, get uh, the most information possible so we can build a better product that meets their needs. So we are delivering new features every two weeks, and um, we are going to be working hard to get this feedback, prioritizing that, and bring it back to the, the, the community as soon as possible. Right, right. They can count already with a support that is going to be available, uh, it's already available for them. Uh, also, there is the documentation uh, for the entire product, everything that uh, we, uh, all the features that we are working has a documentation already that you can fully use. And of course, has access to our community development, uh, the community developers, so they can yep. play around and see use case that they can might benefit from. Right, right. One thing that I think they'll like, uh, Derek, is if they are new, relatively new to fire, the Iris Fire Accelerator Service has a development portal with all the fire definitions exposed through OpenAPI. And so it makes it really easy for new developers that don't know much about fire to, to play around, test, and uh, create resources, search for resources. So that's definitely something we'll want to check out. Right, right. So, so maybe not just limited to you know the fire experts out there, but people that are intrigued and want and want to get started. Right, it, right. And even for the experts, I'll tell you the one aspect of the service that I think they'll find interesting is our OAuth 2.0 support. Yep. It's a very tricky thing to implement uh, correctly, and I think we've made it fairly intuitive. Uh, it still requires some knowledge, obviously, of OAuth 2, right, but right. nevertheless, I think they'll find it uh, uh, quite interesting and, and easier to implement than their traditional OAuth 2 uh, subsystems that I've worked with. Right, right. Nice. Um, so kind of, you know, looking beyond the preview a little bit and, you know, obviously one question that will come up for any interested uh, or prospective customer is, you know, what does this ultimately cost, right? So I know Hedgel mentioned the preview runs through June 2nd. So looking forward kind of to the full release of this product and what people can expect as far as pricing and licensing goes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, Patrick? Yeah, uh, I think the really good news is that we've made pricing very simple. Uh, we're charging $150 
per core per month. Generally, I'd say you'd need two cores to to launch a basic server. And then we're also uh, charging $40 per 100 gigabytes per month. So basically, you got a very simple pricing equation here. Uh, we will have hourly or uh, uh, time-based pricing, so you can actually pause a service. And so you're only paying for what you use. And the nice thing is no long-term contracts, very simple click-through licensing. So very easy to get started and very easy to monitor how much you're spending so you don't uh, break the bank. Right, right. And that goes right along with the whole kind of like adapting to the cloud idea where you don't have to put forth a ton of money and resources up front to get your servers and all that stuff, you know, right. use what you're going to use in the beginning and pay for only what you're using. So it um, yep. seems like a friendly model for new people to get into that space. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what our customers have been asking for. Right, right. Awesome. Well, Patrick and Hedgelow, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, as I had mentioned, we have also uh, coming up next in the episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about the developer contest where developers can get their hands on it. Um, but thank you guys for joining us. And we're looking forward to seeing more updates for sure. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Derek. All right. So Evgeny, thank you for joining us um, to talk a little bit about this developer contest that's coming up and, and more generally kind of what these developer contests are. So um, for those of our listeners that browse the developer community, I know personally, I always post the podcast episodes on the developer community when we release a new one. So um, there's probably some overlap there. But tell us a little bit about these developer contests and kind of what developers should know in general about the contest that you've held in the past and continue to hold in the future. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Derek. Actually, uh, uh, we are having this series of uh, developer community contests. Uh, where every two months so we invite developers to contribute uh, open source uh, uh, applications and uh, compete uh, in building um, applications uh, with intersystems technology around some topic. Uh, for example, we just finished um, a developer tools contest uh, where participants uh, were asked to and build uh, different developer tools that help to help to enhance and uh, make it more uh, robust the process of development and solutions with intersystems technologies, and we had such a great uh, uh, submissions. Uh, yes, so uh, everyone is very welcome. Uh, so and in and and actually it depends on the topic every time. So and I, I'm happy to say that the next will be related to fire. Yeah, that's great. And I know uh, I've seen some of these contests come through before and they're always on, you know, cool features within the Intersystems Technology Stack. So as we um, mentioned earlier in the episode and we had Hedgelow and Patrick talking about the Fire Accelerator Service, the Intersystems IRS Fire Accelerator Service uh, earlier, tell us a little bit about this contest coming up that uses the Intersystems IRS Fire Accelerator Service as its central technology point of this contest. As, uh, the next contest will be related to uh, Fire Managed Service uh, uh, that is that became available for all developers uh, as an Amazon service, uh, as, a, as a managed service uh, where uh, developers can use intersystems technology that helps them to use, to consume a fire repository. They are very welcome to use this um, fire as a service resource in their applications and use any technology they want. 
uh, to build uh, the solution that will consume this uh, uh, Amazon Fire Service capability. Uh, and they will compete. Uh, actually, they will. Uh, we we expect them to contribute uh, open source uh, solutions, and uh, the community itself uh, and uh, developers will vote for the best solution, and the best will get some prizes. Nice. So so it sounds like um, you know much like these other contests, developers can use whatever tools are at their disposal. And so um, Hedgelow, that kind of you know tying that back to what. I think Patrick talked a little talked a little bit about earlier in the episode with the differences between the Fire Accelerator service and you know for instance Iris for Health or the interoperability features within the InterSystems technology stack. Um, so it sounds like with this contest, you know, developers don't have to have that really heavy burden of knowledge about the other technologies to be able to use the Accelerator service as part of this contest. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we want to abstract all that layer of the database and make it easy for everybody to use any techno technology. The only important thing is you having the data available in a clean and secure way so you can make a better use for an innovation that you might have. Right. So, so if developers are already familiar with different, you know, database technologies that aren't inner systems, for example, it can kind of be their way in to use this technology, even if they don't know, you know, inner systems iris yet. Um, they can still be able to participate in this contest without all of that, you know, in-depth knowledge of InterSystems technology. So potentially new developers should still be interested as well. Correct. So as any API, you just make the calls that you need to get the data or to uh, add data as you need, and um, you should be ready to go. Very easy, uh, kind of a back black box that um, you have everything inside and you don't need to worry about that. It's like um, you have the radio, you want to turn, the, uh, turn the, 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 the station that you want. You don't need to know all the, the, the technology that has behind what's the waves that they're going to do. You just want to tune and you're going to listen to the music, the news that you want. Right, right. Nice. That's awesome. So, uh, so last question, Evgeny, kind of moving forward, how can developers, you know, learn more about this? How can they sign up? Um, I, I know on the developer community, this info comes out, but what in particular should they be looking for and what kind of time frame? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, sure. Uh, this is very easy. All developers are very welcome to uh, InterSystem Developer Community, where we will uh, make an announcement uh, of the terms uh, and uh, times of the new of the new coming contest and uh, as usual they uh, just need to, to, to choose their development stack uh, either like node.js or python or maybe ruby or whatever they what they like uh, use fire as a server intersystem fire as a server on amazon and then uh, uh, contribute this code into GitHub and submit this GitHub on InterSystems Open Exchange. And Open Exchange is a uh, like a marketplace or apps gallery site where they can uh, where every developer can submit an application. And, and this is how they can participate. That's awesome. Sounds very exciting. And hopefully developers uh, get their hands on the Fire as a Service trial as well as you know get into the contest and be able to show off their work. So. Uh, Evgeny, thanks for joining us. Hedgelow, thanks for the continued conversation. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you. See you soon. So thanks again to Hedgelow, Patrick, and Evgeny for telling us about the InterSystems Iris Fire Accelerator service. We're all pretty excited about what this solution can provide for Fire application developers. We believe it's the first step away from the monolithic siloed data paradigm 
and toward a new paradigm of customizable ways to consume and view patient information. As we mentioned a few times during the discussion, the preview of this product launched in April and is still going on, with continuous updates along the way. Head over to community.intersystems.com or see the link in this episode description to learn about the developer contest around the Intersystems Iris Fire Accelerator service. The announcement includes things like prize details, helpful resources, and how to get started. The registration and development phase runs from May 10th to May 30th, and the voting phase will follow that. Winners will be announced on June 7th. That'll do it for episode 18. We'll see you next time on Data Points.